Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Today in the studio, I have with me a friend, Chef Jason Scyther of Scyther Seafood. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to uh, come into the studio and visit. It, it's so fun for me with the show to be able to to meet so many people out there kind of working their tails off and preaching the word of Louisiana seafood. And for my listeners out there, I finally got to meet Jason in person when I found out he had the biggest crawfish available on Good Friday weekend, and he was nice enough to hold me a couple sacks so I could go over there and get them. So thank you so much. No problem. Yeah, it was a great crawfish season. It really was. We're still getting some crawfish right now. Um, they're the wild Bell River crawfish, and I think we might have like maybe another week or so left of them. They're starting to get hard, but, you know, it's, it's – uh, Still awesome to still have them. What is it, August? Are we almost there? Is it August first? It is. It's, okay. Uh, well, yeah, we're we're getting close. Okay. It, so, um, but you know, as we're into August, you know, we don't always think crawfish, but we also don't usually think crawfish at Christmas. And the last two Christmases, you know, my husband's like, "This is weird," but I've insisted that after turkey dinner, if there's crawfish, I don't care what size they are, we boil them. And you, know, what are your thoughts about people saying that the rules are not you're not supposed to have crawfish before Mardi Gras or after um, Memorial Day? Do you have an opinion on those rules? Yes, I do have an opinion on that. I mean, we get crawfish usually at the end of November is usually when we first get them. They're a little bit smaller, but they sell really well. I mean, they haven't been around for a while and people really want them. And then... Here we are already having them in August. And, I mean, they're great for out-of-towners and stuff. I mean, the out-of-town people will get them on the boiled seafood platters and everything like that. Um, But from Mardi Gras to Memorial Day, that's when it's really happening. You know, that's when, uh, you know, we're selling sacks upon sacks every day and doing big old 500-pound boils and everybody's eating crawfish. So that's... The best time for them, and that's when they're they're the best quality too. You know, they're all nice size and healthy, and you know that's the time. You know for sure. If you look back on that season this year, do you have an idea of how many pounds of crawfish you went through? Oh wow! I mean, it's 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 kind of hard to say. I would have to say that I probably did over around two hundred thousand pounds. Wow! Is that crazy? That's, that's a lot of crawfish. Yeah, that's live and boiled too. You know. Shoot, we did um, on Oak Street for um, the Musicians Clinic, we did a benefit, and we did over, uh, it was 2,000 pounds one day. One day. So, yeah. So, I know a lot of times whenever we have crawfish boils, they start out, I'm off on a Sunday, I look at my hubby, and I go, hey, babe, I think we need crawfish. We start making calls, and people are like, I don't know, I might be able to come. And we go, who cares, we're getting a sack just for ourselves. And he and I will sit down and cook, and we start with a 35-pound sack, and then we have enough peeled to have some etouffee or some pasta the next day. Crawfish pies. That's my favorite. Those are awesome. So do you have a real tried-and-true estimate that if all those people who we called decided they were going to come, how many pounds per person do you really need if they're local yeah, versus yeah. out it, of town. It, it, you have to kind of feel that out. I mean, I do parties all the time. And if, we, say, like we do parties for 
this big electrician company or whatever, HTE. And these guys, they're all big guys like me, 200-something pound guys that eat crawfish. There's no women. So on a boil like that, we do five pounds per person for those guys. But if it's mixed, you know, you got, you know, um, some women and some children and some guys, we usually do about three pounds per person. Now, and then if it's out of towners, I mean... I've did um, on these movie sets. I did a a boil before, and uh, you know they're eating like one sausage and one crawfish, and they're done. You know that's all they want. So it just, you know, it, it depends on the crowd and what's going on. But I, I would say anywhere from two to five pounds per person. And like you said, maybe you want to have a boil, and maybe one of your friends will pop up. And hey, if you got leftovers, you could peel them and make you know etouffee or crawfish pies or. Crawfish enchiladas. Ooh, crawfish enchiladas. What do you do with the, how do you make this? Oh, well, basically just some, you know, butter and onions and everything and some garlic and get that going in the pan and then throw the crawfish tails in there. And what I like to do is um, add a little bit of Philadelphia cream cheese. Kind of bind it all together. Tighten it all up and then roll them in the tortillas. uh, Put the enchilada sauce on them with a little bit of extra cheese on top. Bake them off. That's about it. Oh, that sounds like something you want. On a Saturday morning for breakfast, throw a little yeah. scrambled egg and in that there. Is, that is that is actually one of my favorite uh, things at the Jazz Fest is the crawfish enchiladas. I always get those every time I go to Jazz Fest. I love this. Have you seen, you know, I, I like to think that we get creative with our crawfish boil and we get creative with the leftovers. And we could probably do a whole show on what crazy stuff people throw in the boil And then what crazy stuff they make with the leftovers. And for me, I I think there was a point that there was so much stuff in the boil, it was starting to take away from my crawfish. So I had to start kind of dialing back. Like you can't, once you throw in Brussels sprouts and green beans and artichokes and all that stuff, then you're eating all the vegetables and you're wasting time not eating the crawfish. Right. So what, and I mean, what do you that think de- about that? Well, that depends on like how you were asking me earlier, too, about how many pounds you should get. Well, I mean, how many potatoes are you going to put in there? Or, you know, how many artichokes are you going to put in there? But uh, I actually think that the vegetables add flavor to the crawfish. You know okay. what I mean? Like, um, you know, you got to put garlic in crawfish boil. You got That's to. That's like I mean, the best it's, part of the crawfish boil to me. Yeah, yeah. For me, and it's the flavor that the garlic gives the crawfish boil. You know, you got to put the bay leaves and the onions. Those are all standards. And definitely some citrus and onions. All of those are important ingredients when boiling crawfish. Like I, when I first opened up Scyther's, um, I went to these other restaurants and ate crawfish. And it was just like a bag of crawfish. It didn't have any garlic or onions. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, I I could open up a place and, you know, kind of do it like we do in the backyard with all the different fixings and everything, because it definitely, that makes the crawfish taste better. You know, I mean, it's like making a gumbo. Would you, would you make a gumbo and not put, you know, garlic and onions? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with the crawfish boil. You got to put those ingredients in there. I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. And my husband and I tend to do way too much garlic because we love the garlic when it gets all soft and smushy. Yes, and and you take that with the potatoes and some butter. And, I mean, that's just a fantastic dish, you know, garlic garlic mashed potatoes. So good. And um, I will take – my favorite thing to do is to take – like 
I put onions and bell pepper and celery and then lots and lots of garlic in there. And I will pull those things out after the boil and make sure it doesn't get thrown away. And um, I will puree them with a little bit of vegetable oil or olive oil and Parmesan cheese. I have never had a better spread on French bread than that. But it also works as my dressing in the potato salad left over. So, you know, I think we as chefs are always going, how do we not waste? And we come all of a sudden come up with these crazy concoctions that are delicious. And, you know, in your backyard, you can do the same thing. You have to work with what, what you got. I mean, a lot of people ask me, how do you come up with all of these ideas and all of this, and I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm not in a competition with anybody at all. I'm more in a competition with myself. Can I outdo myself, you know? Can I make a better dish than I did yesterday's special? And what do I have here that I'm working with, you know? And I'm looking around, and, you know, whether it be I just got some fresh eggplant or, um, you know, we just got some soft-shell crabs. What can I do with these two items to make it make it great, you know what I mean? Or, you know, I have leftover potatoes from the crawfish boil. Let's make some do? let's make some mash. I got some andouille. Let's put the andouille in, in the, the mashed, mashed potatoes. Andouille yes. mash, right. <laughs> well, and you know, one of the things I love to do, you know, I, I love my Facebook. I love watching what everybody's doing. Um, and I love seeing other people's pictures of food. And me one- too. <laughs> I, I get inspired by that too. Yes. I mean, there's there's just so much good stuff out there. We're in New Orleans. We're surrounded by so many good chefs and cooks out there and looking at everybody's stuff. I mean, everybody is, you know, every man in New Orleans is a professional crawfish boiler, you know, or a professional barbecue. So it's cool to watch everybody and all the different things that they do. And it's real inspiring to see all of that. Well, the stuff that you post, I, you know, I, I am of the, um, the school of thought, nothing to moderation, everything to excess. That's my mom used to pick on me. She's like, Amy, you don't do anything regular. It's always to excess. And right. I kind of feel like your food embraces that spirit. Cause when I see your pictures, I see like just what you said, you know, I did something and then I stepped it up a couple more notches and did it. Right. So well, what, I want to, I want to wow people, yeah. you know, I mean, when, you know, it's, it's, it's me it's an expression of me on a plate, you know? I mean, I, you know, I never really knew that cooking was an art, you know? I didn't go to school or anything like a lot of y'all guys did. I kind of just learned on my own and from other people. And, uh... Well, yeah, you learn on your own, you learn from watching, and then you express yourself on the plate, and, you know... Right, I'm, I'm looking at that plate like an artist looks like at an empty canvas. It's just, you know, uh, the possibilities are endless. Well, are there any dishes that you look back and go, okay, this one might have been a little too much? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, tell <laughs> me a, about it. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of ones that I come up in, in my head and I want to do, but... You know, I'm scared to put it out there because I'm not sure if people are going to understand it or like it or be like, oh, this guy's crazy, you know. But, um, you know, I mean, that's that's part of the whole thing about creating things is putting yourself out there and just, you know, going for it, you know. And, I mean, if they don't like it, oh, well, you know. I mean, there's always the next day and I could, you know, do better than I did before, you know. But it's, you know, one of those things I just keep working at, you know, and it it keeps my ideas fresh and it keeps me um 
you know, interested in food. I mean, if I if I went to work every day and I had to make the same old gumbo every day over and over again, you know, that gets bored. You know, I'm going to get tired of making gumbo. So, like, when I make my gumbo now, I want to do it with alligator or a rabbit, you know, and I just kind of want to change it up every now and then, kind of do like a daily gumbo, you know, because I got tired of making the same old gumbo. It's same thing. I took jambalaya off my menu, which people think are crazy because it's like a kind of Cajun Creole little seafood shack. And, you know, that's kind of a place that, you know, all places like that have jambalaya. But I was so tired of making jambalaya. I'm like, look, I'm over it. You know, maybe I'll bring it back in a few years. I don't know. And, you know, we're kind of lucky in that when you do have your own place, you get to make those executive decisions. And, uh, you know, I tell that to my chefs all the time. I'm like, oh, well, this one, you know, I, I love the way it tastes and I can make it with my eyes closed. So, you know, I'll keep doing this one. But, oh, my gosh, same thing. There are certain dishes. I right. I did a pork belly dish for a while. I can't even look at pork belly anymore <laughs> because people go, oh, what about that pork belly dish? And I'm like, no, no, it's been retired. Just like you hang yeah. up the jersey for the really good player, I've retired that dish. But we have that opportunity to kind of experiment and go crazy and see what people accept, but also keep ourselves interested in what we're doing and stay inspired. I mean, there's some dishes that, you know, I've been making for uh, 14 years at Scyther's that I just can't stop making, you know, like the eggplant Harahan. It's such a crowd pleaser, you know? So what is that? What's in it? It's just like the regular eggplant Napoleon, but kind of my version, you know, it's got... Uh, three medallions of eggplant, and it's all layered with crab stuffing, and it's draped in cream sauce with some shrimp and Parmesan cheese. So, uh, but it's a crowd pleaser. I mean, we sell, I mean, at least 15 to 20 a day. I mean, I almost, you know, everyone loves that. You know, it's one of my older dishes, you know, and. And that's yeah. what people expect. Right. And, and then then I created that volcano thing, which I'm I sorry, saw that so, run it's recently. Like a, it's like a it's in and that's on the menu now, but boy, is that one tough to make. And is it a, it's a pain, you know, when you're real, real busy. And what and all is in that volcano? That, the volcano is like a it's an upside down Asian taco salad that looks like a volcano exploding. It's basically um, you know, a taco salad shell turned upside down with you know, snow crab on top, and then I put tuna and shrimp and avocados around it, and then I drizzle the sauces coming down, and so it looks real cool. It's really a, a cool visual thing, and it, it blends a lot of different uh, styles together, like it's kind of Asian, it's kind of Mexican, kind of New Orleans all yeah. together. It's a, it's a cool dish, you know. I really love it, but, uh, you know, it's one of those dishes to where it's like, oh, you know, and then <laughs> when, when you get one, you know, and someone sees it and it goes out into the you know dining you're room. You a few more. Oh, yeah. Here here come the volcanoes, you know. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I picked a dish that takes twice as long to plate than the, right, the last right. one. But it's fun. And, you know, I enjoy, you know, people, you know, digging that crazy creation I came up with. You know, it's a fun dish. Well, you know, I when I I look at Southern seafood, you know, the thing that jumps out to me is seafood. And was there a point where you said I am going to focus on seafood over other things where you was seafood always your calling? Why why Louisiana seafood? Oh, well, I mean, I grew up in New Orleans. I mean, every every Friday night I've been boiling crawfish in my backyard since I probably been 10 years old. You know, so it's like 
I was the little kid always chopping up the onions. My dad and my uncle taught me how to do it. My mom was a great cook. She was, my dad was a fisherman. So he was always coming back with shrimp and fish. And I'd hang out with my mom in the kitchen and make food. You know, I mean, that's what I did. And I learned to love food um, from a, a real young age, you know, and uh, loved eating, of course, and uh, making people happy and the whole community of like, getting the family together and having a party, a crawfish boil or a crab boil. That was always, uh, you know, when I look back, you know, as a kid, you know, that was some of uh, my best times, you know, as a family is, you know, remembering everyone together, eating, having a good time and stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like that's what creates so many of our memories. And, you know, when we all look back to our childhoods here in South Louisiana, food is the common thing that we can no matter what, everybody eats. So even if you're with strangers, you have something to talk to them That's about. right. Well, you know, as a kid growing up with all this food, you know, and now being a chef and restaurateur, how do you approach food with your family and your kids? Um, you know, it, it's different being a chef, you know, like I said, it's, you know, you're, you're working all day, you're cooking. And by the time that I get home, I don't, you know, it's, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I mean, I don't want to cook, you know, I mean, it's usually whatever the wife has in the refrigerator that she cooked for the kids or whatever. But we, we do, I mean, at least I would have to say about five times a year, I have like my own personal family crawfish boils. And, um, that's real cool to keep that tradition alive and everything. And, uh, you know, like on Mondays on my day off, I do like to you know, go out and try different restaurants with the kids because I get inspiration from, you know, trying other people's foods and checking out other people's food. We just recently, uh, me and my wife went on a date night to Carrollton Market. That was Yum. great. That was awesome. I was really impressed with uh, his food. I thought his place was nice and um, I enjoyed it a lot, you know. And, I, you know, I think so many of us, we we don't cook at home. What You know, people say, oh, you know, what are you cooking at home as a chef? And I have to look at them and say, uh, Chinese takeout, right. pizza, um, every now and then Uber Eats and the occasional Verde Mart. Like, this is what we eat, people. And um, my husband gets everything out of a styrofoam container, I swear. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm bringing, <laughs> right, you know, all the time I'm bringing, you know, specials home to the wife and kids, and they love it, you know, Um but, and, you know, sometimes they get to come to the restaurant, too. Like, once a week, they'll come to the restaurant, you know, and I'll sit down with them and make them some. Of course, they all want something special or whatever, but uh, it's great to have them over at the restaurant and stuff like that, you know. Oh, on Sundays, too, we uh, every now and then we'll go to my dad's house. And, uh, you know, when my mom was alive, every Sunday we would do that. We'd go to my mom's house, and she'd always be cooking something, you know. But um, we still try to continue that tradition. Uh, today, we go to my dad's house. Uh, he just recently cooked a prime rib. That was really awesome. And he bought some shrimp the other day. We went over there. It was cool. You know, as, as kids are growing here, and I see, you know, my friends with kids all over the country, and I, I say to them all the time, oh, my goodness, when I was your kid's age, I would have never eaten that. You know, I would look at my mom and go, Ugh, collard greens? No, thank you. But now I love them. I can't get enough of them. Well, how, how about, do, do you? Do you, have, do you have kids? I don't. Okay. I, my husband is a lot of work. So. Right. 
<laughs> but see, see, my my kids, uh, my little girl, she's only five, but my little boy is eleven, and ever since he's been about four or five, I mean, this kid will try anything. That's I awesome. Mean, yeah, yeah, he'll try anything. He loves all kinds of different foods and ethnic foods, and uh, you know, we'll go to the sushi place. He'll eat octopus, and he's always interested in trying new things. They, uh, I went to Rommel High School, and every year they have a beast feast. I don't know if you heard of that. I but have not. That it's like fun. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like um, they got about 20 or 30 booths of, you know, I guess like the alumni or whatever. And they're all cooking wild game. And like, you know, they got wild boar and they had moose gumbo. They had um, Nutria tacos. Oh, yum. Right. Well, it was pretty <laughs> good. Like rabbit. It's it not tasted that, like yeah. Taco Bell to me. It was pretty good. <laughs> but um yeah, he came to me with that, and, you know, he tried everything, so. Well, and, you know, I, I I think a lot of us grew up with so much wild game and fresh fish and things that were coming from the land and the water around where we live that we are adventurous, but um, it's just exciting to see that kids have that level of adventure. seems earlier than I remember being oh, that yeah. adventurous. So. That's right. That's right. I always ate everything when I was a kid too, so maybe he got that from me. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think I I I have learned, and I, I said this on a show not too long ago. Uh, I got to watch a friend of mine's uh, teenage son and some of his friends, and they pretty much ate me out of house and home. There was like no food left in my house, including whatever crazy concoction they put together with the nerds and the peanut butter and the loaf of French bread and. All of that. So I feel like uh, growing little boys must eat a lot of food anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, me and my wife, we had made some chicken parmesan. Uh, I think it was a couple of Sundays ago. And my son Jack had like three or four of his friends over there. And, I mean, they just wiped it out. They loved it. Um, my wife said that the one of the mothers called her, called her up the next week. How do you make that chicken parmesan? She was like, I'm in the store with Gary, and he's wanting to know. You know, what kind of sauce do you use in this? He was saying how good it was. And, yeah, it's just, it's pretty cool, you know, to see all the kids enjoying food and all of that. That's great. I Yeah, I love it. And it, it just makes me happy to see that, um, you know, food continues over and over and over again to bring people together and to create conversation. We just have a few more minutes left. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask a lot of the people who come on the show and I I um, always want to know if you had an opportunity to go anywhere in the world, either by yourself or with your family, to s learn about a food tradition or a type of food, is there anywhere that you go, gosh, I would love to be inspired by this place or this food, or I'm just curious about yeah. this? I mean, you know, I'm kind of really into like island food or Caribbean food. So, I mean, I would love to you know, um, go to Jamaica and eat the jerk chicken over there, you know, instead of the pretend jerk chicken that people try to do over here. I want to eat the jerk chicken that's on side of the road that these Rasta men are cooking and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. You know, um, and just, you know, any of the island island food and stuff, I'm, I'm just all into that, you know what I mean? And it kind of transcends into my menu, you know. I love the combinations of, you know, sweet and spicy and salty all together with seafood and, you know, the different plays with that and using avocados and mangoes and stuff and, you know, different relishes and uh, salsas and stuff, you know, to 
make that happen, you know? I want to, I want to, I would love to check out some stuff like that, you know? Well, we used to go to the Caribbean and stuff all the time, too, uh, until we had kids. So <laughs> now, that, so now, so, so, so now every somebody year, somebody needs to babysit so that you and your wife can go. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now every year we, we used to, we were like, when we first got married, we would go into Jamaica and go into Cancun and stuff to all of these in, all inclusive resorts. And we're like, we're never going to go to Florida again. Um, and then once we had the kids for the past 11 years, it's Florida, Florida. We're packing up the car with all the gear and the boogie boards and the rafts and we're heading down to Destin, you know, <laughs> but the food over there is good too. I like to see food in Destin. I think it's good. You know, it's not as spiced or whatever as ours, but the local fish and all is great. All that snapper and group of that they have. I think it's awesome. We're we're so lucky and so spoiled all along the Gulf Coast with all the great seafood that we have available. Um, will you tell our listeners where they can find you and when you're open and maybe tell them real quick what they should order when they come? All right. Um, Scyther Seafoods on 279 Hickory Avenue in Harahan. It's like um, maybe a block or two off of Jefferson Highway. Um it's got a whole bunch of oyster shells in the front. The building's kind of set back, and it kind of looks a little bit unassuming, like a little small seafood shack or something. Um, but once you get there, um, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself. I would, you know, everything that the menu's pretty pretty big, but, I mean, I would, you know, I mean, if I, had, if I went there, I would probably get the boiled seafood platter because it's got – a little bit of everything in it, and it's enough for like three or four people to share. I mean, it's got the crawfish, the shrimp, the snow crabs, the blue crabs, the corn, the potatoes, the garlic, you know, all of that stuff piled up on a platter. We call it the hamper. And then, I mean, maybe one of my specials that I'm running that day because that's always, you know, using something fresh and local that I get, like, um, you know, the soft-shell crabs or you know, I just talked to my fish provider, and we're getting some lane snapper in this morning. I mean, tomorrow morning. So I'm probably going to do something with lane snapper tomorrow. And I got some fresh soft shell crabs coming. Maybe I'll black in the 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 lane snapper, and you know, use the do put the soft shell on there or something. I don't know. We're going to come up with something, or maybe one of the appetizers, or maybe the volcano. <laughs> Well, so for my <laughs> listeners out there, get yourselves out to uh, Scyther Seafood and know that he has some delicious seafood during crawfish season. You can get some crawfish from him. And if you want to tailgate or have a party, he can hook you up with that, too. So thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.